I totally thought I'd just get up and, and walk out and be good to go have a little nap for the afternoon and like be back in the gym a, a day or two later. And it was, it's been a really humbling experience to not have that happen. Hello and welcome to Grow By Design, the podcast for high performers, giving you the tools you need to dream big, achieve your goals and create your champion's mindset. I'm your host, Jess Green, and it's time to be game-changing. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode. Today, I wanted to, I guess, close out my experience on freezing eggs, um, because I've had a lot of people who have been really curious about the whole process, and I've had lots of questions, and also because I shared the first half of the journey around the decision to freeze eggs, um, how I was feeling, and things like that. I felt that it would probably be necessary to close out the second half, which was the egg collection, the recovery and things like that. And also because this last week has been very different to the first two weeks and it's actually sucked and I've really, really struggled. So I thought that it would be best to kind of share that part of the journey as well. So today I'm just going to run through how the last couple of days before surgery went, um, how the operation itself actually went and what that process was like. And then also what that process on the other side has been like in terms of recovery how I'm feeling, what I'm doing, um, and what my reflections on the whole process have kind of been. So I wanted to close out the loop of that. And also, as I said, because it has been so much tougher, I didn't want to leave you with the illusion that it was as easy as I made out in the first uh, episode. So I'll also pop a link to the show notes for the other episode, which is the one previous to this, just where I talk about why and how we made this decision to go about freezing eggs, um, just so that you have some context as to why I started to do that. But I guess to jump right in. So the last couple of days before the surgery, definitely I I started to notice that obviously I had been injecting all these hormones into my body for the last two weeks and I hadn't really noticed too much of an effect, but definitely in the last week, I really started to notice that I was really bloated. I was really uncomfortable in my abdomen, like obviously where my ovaries are and things like that. So every two days you go and have blood tests and a scan with um, either the nurse or the specialist. So that's a really good way. The reason they do that is to check how the eggs are growing, if there's enough eggs and I guess how they're looking and also how the lining of your uterus is looking. So for me, when I first started, I had a small number of eggs there and they were pretty small. So we increased the dosage of the hormones to help stimulate them a little bit more so it's a stimulating drug that you take at the start so over time we started to really increase that and the stimulation worked and it was actually really nice to know that my body once stimulated with the right hormones obviously they're really strong and they are in quite a high dose but it was nice to know and see my body responding in terms of more eggs there and also growing so that was really good so we did push the surgery back one or two days just to allow those eggs to grow a little bit bigger so that I had enough that would be there for collection and freezing. So they have to be a certain size and maturity before you can actually freeze them. So it's all very well to have lots of eggs or have some eggs there, but they need to be big enough and mature enough to actually freeze and go through the process. So we pushed the surgery back one or two days just to give them a little bit more time to grow. Um, So that just meant that, yeah, obviously I was a bit more uncomfortable Um, It just really felt like a big balloon, I guess, inside my tummy. So I was still feeling pretty good. I did have a bit of a headache and things, but I was feeling okay. I did still actually train 
one day I wasn't feeling very good, but the, the day before the surgery, I had a really good shoulder session. So that was great. I was just sort of listening to my body, seeing how I was going. Um, but I definitely wore some looser, looser tights and a big t-shirt because I just felt like I had a big balloon in my tummy. Um, the day of the operation, you are fully knocked out. So you obviously have general anesthetic. You don't eat or drink anything before the surgery. Um, the surgery was about 10.30 in the morning. So 10.30 at night, two nights before you take a trigger injection, which I guess stimulates your body to release those eggs. So it's all quite timely. And so I can I can now definitely understand like why it's so important to have all these different check-ins. Um, it's so important that you take the injections at certain times in the day because it's all kind of all working together to be then have, I guess, to then have those eggs ready for collection when the surgeon's actually there. So so yeah, the day of the operation, you don't eat or drink anything. I went in and did all the paperwork and things like that. And it was probably at this point that I started to really realize like, oh, this is actually like a surgery and an operation and I'm in a hospital. And it kind of dawned on me like, oh shit, this is probably quite a big, <laughs> a big thing. I think because the actual surgery itself is quite a short amount of time. It's like maybe 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, um, depending on how easily the eggs move and things like that. Um, I, in my head, it was just, it felt, didn't feel that significant. Um, and then, I, and I also didn't spend a whole lot of time Googling the process. I was quite blase about the whole thing, to be honest. I just trusted my surgeon, which obviously you want to be able to do. I trusted the nurses. They were super lovely. And I had a right, I had a good reason to trust them. They all obviously know what they're doing, but I also didn't want to go too far down the internet rabbit hole of, the horror stories and things like that of how the process was. I kind of just wanted to experience it for myself. So I walked in there and then it wasn't until I met with the nurse and then the surgeon and then the anaesthetist that I really started to feel like, oh, I was a bit nervous and like, holy shit, I, I really hope this works. Um, I hope these eggs there, I hope it doesn't hurt too much, all those kind of things. And, it, and I really started to click to like, oh, okay, this is a big deal and a big thing to put my body through. So that was fine. I walked into the operating room. You kind of get up on the table and there's so many people in the room. You know, there was three nurses, there was a surgeon, there was someone else, there was the anaesthetist. And again, I had that moment of like, oh, okay, holy shit, this is actually quite a big thing I'm about to undergo and put my body through. So all of those things were there. Everyone was incredible. Like the nurses and stuff are so lovely. Absolute incredible gems to, to the human population, nurses and surgeons. So that was um a really comforting and welcoming experience, which I think makes a really big difference. So you put the mask on and you just go to sleep. And I woke up about an hour and a half later, um, just to the nurse waking me up. And the first thing I noticed is that I was in so much pain. Like my tummy was so sore and I really wasn't expecting that, to be honest. But I also knew that, hey, it's, you know, it's been 30 seconds. I've just woken up. It's probably going to be sore. Um, I was quite groggy obviously as well, but I did wake up and they were really lovely. They sort of told me how everything went. The surgeon like comes in and, and writes a number on your hand so that you can wake up and see how many eggs were able to be collected, which is quite a comforting thing. So woke up and looked at my hand and I was really excited to see that I had eight there, which is incredible for having a low AMH. That's a really good egg count, I guess. And then from there, they contact you a few hours later to tell you how many of those were actually mature enough to freeze. So eight is a, an indication of how many eggs were collected. 
And then I was able to have six frozen. So there were six that were mature and big enough to freeze, which again, I was so stoked with. And there's so many awful stories. And I do want to preface this as well, that this is my experience and I'm feeling really grateful. I've had lots of people reach out and I've seen, you know, lots of stories online where people go through this whole process and they might get three or four or they might get one or they might get none. And that would just be so, so heartbreaking. So I definitely want to send my love to all of those women because yeah, it's not an easy process. And I'm so grateful that I've been able to do one cycle and I will probably do an embryo cycle as well. But there is people who go through multiple, multiple cycles and that would just be so harrowing on your body. So again, I just want to send lots of love to those people because this has been my experience and yes, it's been really tough this last week, but I'm grateful that I had six eggs frozen and I'm grateful that I didn't feel too shit in the, in the lead up to it. So yeah, I woke up, um, once I was sort of a bit more cognitive, I was obviously really hungry by this point cause it was about one o'clock. Um, I had a lovely gluten-free sandwich from the ladies at Ham and Cheese Sammy and some orange juice in a, in a box, which was great. Um, and I was able to, they were able to bring Noah and, and get him to come and collect me. I managed to text him and say, please go and buy heat packs because my tummy is so, so sore. So I sort of hobbled my way out of the hospital. I totally thought I'd just get up and, and walk out and be good to go, have a little nap for the afternoon and like be back in the gym a, a day or two later. And it was, it's been a really humbling experience to not have that happen. So could hardly walk out of the, out of the hospital, got home and pretty much just lay on the couch. I had a banana smoothie and a piece of toast and really over the next few days just ate really intuitively around what I felt like. So I still did eat. I think a lot of people, you wouldn't feel like eating. I kind of went between being hungry and, and not being hungry at all, but also my body's been eating so many calories over the last few months that I think my metabolism is really firing. And I was also really conscious that I wanted to eat nourishing food my body's going through a big repair stage that I did want to still continue eating so I just tried to eat things that were I guess like a bit soft and bland um I actually was really craving curry which is so random so we had like rice and then a chicken curry which was actually like a butter chicken which was so random and I hardly ever eat but it was what I was really craving I think that warming nourishing like mushy kind of food was was really good so I had that which was really as I said, random, I definitely didn't feel like any veggies or any fiber or anything that was kind of hard to digest or any cold food. Like everything I ate was either liquid, like a smoothie, or it was like really warm and nourishing. And also just foods that I eat quite a lot. So rice and things like that, I I definitely had. I was really fortunate that I had a couple of girls reach out. And by this stage, I'd also finally gone onto the internet and read like, oh my God, I'm not healing the way I thought I should be the, or the way I thought I would, like, what should I be doing? So I did kind of then go down the rabbit hole and realize like, man, this was a big deal. But I had some girls also reach out and say that one of the big symptoms after the surgery is that there's a really high chance that you're going to have constipation. And so at risk of TMI, I was nervous that that would happen because obviously the awful mix of like really, really bloated ovaries and then really tight sore intestines and the inability to go to the bathroom would be so uncomfortable. So I was really lucky that by this stage I'd had that advice. I had also read a lot of things on the internet. So I got a lot of electrolytes. I drank a lot of coconut water, some Powerades and stuff like that, and took some 
I guess, gut helping, not laxatives, because I didn't, didn't think that would be helpful, but like softening tablets, I guess, so that I could stay regular, because I think that that's obviously going to be something I really didn't want to get to the point of being in a constipated state and then being really, really uncomfortable because I was so uncomfortable already. I didn't want to have to deal with that. So for anyone going through this process, be aware that that's something that could come up. Again, I was lucky that I heard about it early and so could start to put some things in place that that didn't happen to me. And then, yeah, I just sat with a heat pack on. I was really uncomfortable. And it wasn't until I, again, started doing some research that I understood what a big process this has gone through for my body. So your ovaries are normally the size of like a grape or an almond or something like that. And during this process, they obviously swell from having normally one egg to having, as I did, like eight eggs. And they swell to like the size of an orange. So if you can imagine, obviously, two oranges instead of two little grapes and nine eggs or 10 eggs, as opposed to the one, you can really start to understand like, wow, everything was so stretched and under so much pressure. You can see why it was so sore. So I just had like a really big bloated tummy. It was really tender. I couldn't really move or do anything or use my core or suck in my stomach. That was really uncomfortable. So I just sort of hobbled around for about four days and my surgery was on Wednesday and it's now Sunday and I've woken up feeling slightly better um, today. I can move around. I can somewhat tense my core. So I, for me thinking that I was going to be training by Friday, I still think I'm like a good couple of days away from being able to do that. The thought of even going for a walk or anything like that was quite uncomfortable. So I haven't done any of that. I've hardly really left the house, been across the road for a coffee, went to came up briefly because I needed a few things. But other than that, Noah has been driving and looking after me. So I'm also obviously incredibly grateful for him and having him do things for me. So I've been trying to stay hydrated. I've been trying to stay nourished, I guess, in terms of the nutrients that I'm having, but also just resting and trying to recover. So it's definitely taken me by surprise. How should I feel? But also now, obviously, understanding the surgery a whole lot more, your ovary swell, and then they go in and through a, a small injection and then effectively like vacuum and scrape out your ovaries to capture everything that's in there. It's a pretty awful process for your body to go through. So just trying to give my body a bit of love in, in terms of what it's been through. What I will say as well is that it's definitely been interesting for me from a mindset perspective. I know this about myself, but it's again, not until I'm in this position that I'm reminded of it, that rest and I guess my body being in pain is really stressful for me, which is really counterproductive to my recovery in the sense that you should be trying to have as little stress as possible. But one, it makes me really grateful for when my body is fit and healthy and it makes me so appreciative of the fact that I am fit and healthy and active most of the time. I've got my mobility. I've got the ability to, to move and walk and lift the things that I want, which is so incredible to acknowledge. But it's definitely for me, especially having, I guess, really strong goals in competing and things like that. I really want to make the most of this off season. As I've said multiple and multiple times, it feels stressful to have time off. As I said, I thought I'd only have a couple of days and now it's looking more like a few weeks or probably like a week and a half, I guess. And also if I go through this process again, that's another couple of weeks out of training. And 
yes, after chatting with my coach, like in hindsight, it's only going to be maybe like three weeks, maybe max four weeks where I'm not able to give a hundred percent to my prep. That is going to be, you know, like a year's off season. It's not the end of the world, but I guess in my head, it feels like taking a step backwards, which again is ridiculous to say out loud, but that's definitely how I've been feeling. So I've really struggled to rest and I always want to be like really productive when I'm sitting on the couch. So I've been doing lots of podcasts. I've been doing all sorts of work and things like that, which again has kept me sane, but it was also not super helpful. So I guess I just want to voice that for anyone else who does feel this. I'm working on it and I'm aware of it now, which is good. And yeah, I just have to continue like practice resting which sounds so stupid but I do just keep saying yeah I'm I'm practicing my resting I woke up and I had a good little nap on the couch and read my book and things like that so it's important just to rest and recover and give my body but also my mind I guess the time to recuperate and rejuvenate so I'm just sort of learning through that process so yeah it's been a bit tough but it's it's totally fine and again, it's like a privilege to be stressing about, you know, one or two days off training. It's it's not the be all and end all. It's not the end of the world. Where I'm at now is that I'm now starting to feel a little bit normal, which is great. I did just take my check-in photos for Steph. So we spoke briefly on Saturday and I was like, oh, I just don't know if I want to take my photos. But as she pointed out, it's so important to document this. It's so important to see how I'm progressing, see my body change and honor the change that my body's going through. So I've done that. Um, fortunately, like today I could kind of stand upright, so I could actually take chicken photos. I'm back to weighing myself. It's great to see my body dropping in weight again as I start to slowly lose that fluid retention. Um, so I'm going to give myself another couple of days, then start to walk and then start to get back into training, which will be really good. So a few questions that I've had, I guess, to close this out is how to test for a low egg count and a low AMH. So it's literally just a blood test. I was speaking to my doctor about the fact I didn't have periods and they did this test as just another check as well. So it's called an, your AMH level. So AMH for, for New Zealanders, Australians say H. And you can literally just do a blood test. So if you're, if you're interested, I would definitely reach out to your GP. Um, it was a pretty expensive process. The last podcast I covered the costs that I had for me here in Brisbane with private health covering a very small portion and care covering some. Um, the next step for me is going to be doing another cycle probably in about six weeks time for embryos um, because they're a little bit more robust. And yeah, I guess if it's something that you're thinking about, for me, it was a really weird thing in the sense that I didn't know anyone who'd been through this process. I've obviously heard of lots of people going through IVF, but someone sort of my age and in my situation going through like an egg freezing process was kind of a new thing, but also people are really starting to talk about it a whole lot more. And I've got a lot of friends who are in a similar position to me where we are 30, but we're not ready for, for kids. And I openly say that, yeah, right now it's not, it's on my priority list, but not my priority list for right now. And it is going to be, I'm going to say like four or five years away until I am ready to be in that stage of life. Obviously things change and I don't have, I sort of have a five-year plan, but not really. And I know that things change, but for me, this is just buying me some more time. And I know that sounds terrible, but it's buying me some more time to achieve some of the goals and and outcomes and dreams that I have with my competing with my career that then when I'm ready to settle down and have a family, I can give my soul attention to that. And I know there's no right time. And I know that the other side of this as well, like there's a whole other experience that I still need to go through. But 
for me, this is what felt right with my low ear count, with my age and with the things that I want to achieve first in my life. I also know that obviously when you have kids, it doesn't mean that life has to stop, but it just changes. And so that's cool. I just want to give myself this opportunity. So that has been kind of my experience of freezing eggs. First part was pretty comfortable. Second part was pretty awful and really humbling. So I'm just honoring my body. I am so, so grateful that I did manage to get some eggs and they're frozen and tucked away now, which is great. Um, But yeah, I definitely just wanted to do this episode to close that out and bring you the reality of what it actually felt like as well. Not to scare you, but just to give all ends of the spectrum around how I'm feeling. So I hope that was interesting and helpful. If you do have any questions at all, definitely let me know. I'm so more than happy to share my experience. But yeah, I hope that this is interesting and helpful. And if you are thinking about it, speak to your doctor. And other than that, I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your week. (music) 